Hi pretties, it is Jessica with Pretty Paranormal. I have not been here for a while. It's been crazy. Everybody's had crazy times and I was thinking about a few things that I could do new for the show and I thought of and I thought of doing something with movies just once a week, not just telling you what movie you should watch, but let's talk about them. So every Friday night I'm going to be bringing you the segment called our Freaky Friday Thriller. And it's basically going to be me talking about different horror movies or thrillers. Maybe even documentaries, but that pertains to basically horror movies or paranormal, anything sort of of that. And I thought that we should start off with a cult classic tonight that I saw when I was younger. I probably shouldn't have, but I've seen it. The movie tonight that we're going to be reviewing is Night of the Demons. So, if you've never seen Night of the Demons, you need to stop what you're doing right now and go watch Night of the Demons before you go any further with this because there's going to be a lot of spoilers. We're going to discuss a lot of the different things in the movie. So, for those of you that do not know, Night of the Demons was released October 14th, 1988. It was directed by uh, Kevin Tenney. This movie had just a little bit over a million dollar budget, which... I feel like maybe was pretty good for the 80s in horror because it wasn't always such a huge profitable genre, I guess. And this movie, so far worldwide, I think has made over $3, three million. I think I found that somewhere. It might have been more. And basically this movie is what we would call a cult classic. The definition of a cult classic is basically the movie has a following of people from every generation that have seen the movie. They love it. They constantly watch it over and over again. They dress up as the characters. They can quote all the lines in the movie. It's basically somebody who just loves the movie, essentially. And I am one of those people that, if we're going to talk about, you know, the cult classics, for me, it's always going to be usually like a horror movie because that's just basically what I'm into. So, let's get into the movie and let's discuss it. So, this movie takes place, it doesn't really tell you exactly where it takes place. Um, I'm assuming it's somewhere semi-warm because in Hollow, you know, it's the movie set, takes place in fall and it's, I'm sure it's shot in California, essentially. And the movie starts out with this amazing, amazing cartoon introduction with all the credits, who's starring in it. The cartoon is very basic, but it's it works for this movie. It's it's fitting. It has it's a cemetery. It's a cartoon graphic, just very basic, but it made me very intrigued. I mean, I thought about it from the point of view of somebody who had never seen the movie. And I would definitely watch it. You know, that intro was pretty good. And then the movie cuts into an older gentleman walking and then this is where they're going to start setting up the characters for the movie. So the older gentleman is walking, and this is where we're going to see our first encounters with Stooge, Roger, and Linda. These people are... Sorry, not Franny. It is Helen. This is where we see Stooge, Roger, and Helen. They're driving... And Roger, right away, he sees this older gentleman and he makes a comment to Stooge about them. And basically, they're just like, you're an old man, you're old, essentially. So Stooge moons the, 
the older gentleman, and this guy is extremely angry at being mooned. Right away, we can tell he does not like the youth of America, clearly. Stooge also moons him in the scene, which thankfully it's not naked. It's just boxers with a Halloween theme on them, essentially a pumpkin. And then we also get to see where we meet Judy. And Judy is our... I don't want to say she's the main character because everybody in this movie has a role, but I guess she would be the main character of the movie. And Judy is innocent. She's wide-eyed. You can just tell she's just her character is meant to be this virginal, innocent, classic, horror movie, last final girl type of scenario. That's what Judy is. And I just got to say that this character, I did not like Judy's character. I felt like her character was okay, but the person who played Judy, I don't think she was a bad actress. I just think that she didn't, I don't think she was for the part, essentially, but I'm not a director or casting director, so what do I know? And then this is where we also find out that this is a very, very 80s movie, because the old man, one of my, one of the craziest things is when... Judy is helping the old man pick something up after he got scared by Stooge and his crew. She's just being innocent, helping him, and next thing you know, he just basically calls her whore for some unknown reason. I don't know. And then we basically go on to Judy's house, and in Judy's house, you get to see Sal. Sal's character is the douchiest character. He plays this Italian guy, I'm assuming, he tries to be very, like, 1950s gangster. And he goes to Judy's house. And this is where we also get to see Judy's brother, which he doesn't really have any parts other than these few parts, which are pretty gross. There's a beginning part where he pops out of the closet and he makes a comment. Why well, his sister's getting dressed, mind you. And he makes a comment about her boobs and bra, and it's just very creepy and, like, ugh. And I've seen this movie so many times, but actually watching it and sort of, like, trying to study it it's very different and so this is where we also get to see judy you know she gets on the phone with jay who is the clean cut preppy guy you know the 80s horror movies and every movie has that guy and this is where we get to discuss that we're going to go to this party judy's excited for the school dance on halloween she thinks she's going to and Jay is like, nope, we're going to change our plans. We're going to go to this party. And it's being thrown by the one and only, drumroll please, Angela. Angela is actually, her character, She she's actually more of a main character than you would think. And I think that, especially the people who have seen this movie, they remember Angela more than the Night of the Demons, I guess the, the cover title or the name of the movie. And so Angela's character, you know, Jay's telling Judy about how Angela's having this party. And this is where Judy sets up Angela's character for being about witchcraft. And she's dressing in black. And she's basically just, she's not good for anybody. It's just, you know, the stereotypical stuff. And then we finally get to cut to the famous Angela and Suzanne. Suzanne's character is... The, I don't know how to describe this. She's a free-spirited lady, we'll say, and she's not ashamed of her body. We'll put it that way. And one of my favorite lines that's so cheesy in the movie is, you see Angela and Suzanne 
they're getting ready for the party and they're at this convenience store and Suzanne is distracting these nerdy clerks behind the counter by bending over in this like little Bo Peep costume and you just see her underwear. And in the meantime, Angela's stealing all this stuff in the background. And then Suzanne looks up and she goes, do you guys have any sour balls? And of course the guys say, yeah, we do. And she says, you probably don't get many blowjobs then. And just like the cringiest, like, ugh, tone. But it's definitely setting up the characters and, you know, that's part of her character. And we're just going to sort of skip ahead to the, when we get to the whole house, or to the whole house, which is this haunted old, basically crematorium, funeral home, whatever you want to call it. And right away when we get there, Jay has picked up not only Judy, but he has gotten Franny and he has also gotten um, Max. So they're driving in a car. They come to the party. There's not a ton of things that happen in between then and the time that they get to the party, except for Stooge. Oh, this guy's character. He is so freaking violently aggressive, just not like physically, but verbally violent towards Linda for sure. He is always telling her to shut up, bitch, like constantly. And I'm like, oh, geez, like that just escalated quickly over there for no apparent reason, literally for nothing. And he does it to all the women's characters throughout the movie. It's very misogynistic, clearly. It's from the 80s, guys. Oh, moving on. So when the, when Franny and Judy and Jay and Max, they all get to the Hull House, that's when the story about, they basically tell all these stories about why there's this huge brick wall there and Jay, I believe, or Max discusses the story about how they built this to keep the evil in and they can't cross over the stream, which, you know, that's sort of setting it up. And you know right away that this wall is going to have something to do with something. But the the part that gets, it gets really good, they get into the house. And, of course, they're just doing the things that normal teenagers do that are about to get killed that they shouldn't be doing, which is sex, drugs, rock and roll, nudity, fun, all that stuff. In these characters, it's so hard to think of them as teenagers because they are they look obviously older than that. I sometimes wish they would have just made this like college kids because I think that would have just made more sense. And so now we have at all the characters at the house. We have Angela, Judy, Stooge, Franny, Sal, Jay, Suzanne, Linda, Roger, and Max. Right away, they all really fall into their characters, you know, especially Suzanne. She's very flirtatious, very monotone. I actually like how she is. She's kind of dark. She doesn't really smile. She doesn't really have any inflections when she talks. She's just very like, come on, guys, like just very much like that. And she does all these corny things, bending over in front of the fireplace, in front of someone else's boyfriend. She's just very like attention seeking at this point. And of course, Angela, whose character was talked about as being like the craziest, wildest, maybe not wildest, but just spooky character. She's actually pretty level-headed. And there are a few bits where I feel like the director really tried to like create tension between, you know, Angela and some of the people in the group. The scene with Judy and Angela just kind of, I don't know, it's just so overdramatic. Just the lighter scene, I just thought that 
it didn't really need anything. But Angela, being the queen of Halloween that she is, she decides they're going to sort of try to waken the spirits in the house, or in Hull House, I should say. And this is when everything starts to go crazy. And obviously they've awakened the spirit. You don't really get to see the spirit. It's more of like the point of view from the spirit. So he's when he emerges, he's coming through the house. And you can tell it's the camera just going through the house. There is like a visual of the of the demon. But it's more, you hear it more than anything else. And so the weirdest part I still don't understand in all of this is... They're all discussing what's leading up to them believing that there's demons, which was there's noises and smells and all this other stuff. And Suzanne all of a sudden breathes in and then she's like possessed. Then Suzanne all of a sudden decides like she's going to kiss Angela and then all of a sudden Angela gets possessed. So it's very confusing about how people are getting possessed at the beginning. I, I think I'm not quite sure. It's just the movie, I guess. But, of course, eventually, like all good people in horror movies do, they separate. They decide that they're going to separate, except for Roger and Linda, because they have actually decided after all these weird smells and noises and everything in the house, they're creeped out, they want to leave. Stooge, of course, being the douche he is, he's not going to drive him home. So this is where you see Roger and Linda really being like, okay, we're done, This is we're not staying here. Plus... I don't understand why Linda hangs out with this guy in the first place. Stooge is like just a jerk. And then we get outside and we see Roger is also a jerk to Linda, but in a different way. And so this is where Linda and Raj also, Roger, split up. And I'm not really sure. It doesn't I could have missed it or something, but it, Linda's character, she doesn't really get a big death scene. There's nothing to really lead you to knowing she's dead besides at the end she's dead. But this is the part where everybody starts, you know, cutting off. And remember, Angela and Suzanne, Suzanne first, they're possessed. So one of the weirdest, creepiest things is that in the beginning of the party, somebody brings out a disco ball or a strobe light, not a disco ball. And it's just, it gets kind of crazy from there. And of course, that I knew was going to be used. And it literally looks like some sort of seizure machine. It's just so crazy. <laughs> And so they're all they're all splitting up, and by this point, I mean you're gonna you can watch it, but you can pretty much guess what's happening. They're exploring, they're telling stories. You know, Franny and Max they sneak off to have sex, of course, in a empty casket. Which, whew, okay. So I'm not I, I guess I'm not against it or for it, but I just don't understand the appeal of it. Maybe because it's an old funeral parlor. I would assume that the casket had been used before, maybe. I don't know. But those two, you you know they're going to die for sure. In the meantime, Judy, little innocent Judy, her and Jay, of course, are wandering around everywhere. This is when Jay sort of becomes really just gross and tries to pressure Judy into having sex with him. It doesn't work because Judy's a good girl, obviously. And that's where they sort of go their separate ways. The next few parts I'm going to talk about are probably the most memorable parts of the movie. We have the dance scene and we have the lipstick scene. So if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm going to talk about. If you haven't seen it and you want to see it, see it. This is a spoiler for you. 
So basically we have, after everybody's separating, we have Sal, who doesn't really, he's there for Judy. He likes Judy, but she's not having it, and he's not really attached to anybody. He can kind of see there's something weird going on, and he's walking around and he sees, who does he see? Suzanne, of course. Suzanne is sitting in some closet with lipstick all over her face. I We don't know why, but she does love lipstick. She loves it. And she's, like, painting, and Sal just goes on this, like, huge, long, like, fake Italian accent speech and just gives out too much information. Nobody talks like that. That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, why are you telling everybody this, Sal? Like, come on, man. It was just drawn out for me. But then in the very next scene, after Sal leaves and says, you know, Suzanne's crazy, she's hot, but she's going, he's going home, he's done. That's where we see Suzanne open her shirt, take her lipstick, and shove it into her nipple. Into her nipple. There's no rhyme or reason why she does it. I, maybe just safekeeping, I don't know. It was obviously like, just, it was so weird. I I would love to ask this director. I'm sure maybe somebody has or it's been talked about, but why? Or the writer? Who? Like, why? I'm not against it. I'm not for it, but it just, it makes no sense. If you're going to look at depravity, you could have done something else or, you know, we already can tell there's something off about her, essentially. That scene, I don't know, when I was younger, that scene was a scene that stuck out for me. And I'm like, I just, I still to this day am baffled by it. And I... As a girl with boobs, I'm like, oh my god, that would hurt so bad. Like, that would hurt so freaking bad. And then, the next scene. We can talk about Angela's dance. Once Angela gets possessed, she, this girl can dance. You know, with the strobe light. And her dance is so freaky. But, it's very, I don't know, I feel like she did such a good job. And this dance was, I felt like more on the level of like this is demonic possession but I also don't understand the dance because I don't know I mean I don't know maybe that's what they do I don't I'm not quite sure but I did like that transition of you know she Angela's changing because that's when she really changes and by this point people are just dying left and right you'd have to just you know just go and check out the movie I won't go into every single kill and so we get towards the end of the movie where, you guessed it, Judy and Roger. Of all people, I'm very shocked that Roger was one of the last people with Judy because he went outside. And I would just assume that he had passed away, like the demon got him. But he, you know, that car, he stayed safe in that car. And so, Raj and, I call him Raj because other people called him Raj, but Roger and Judy basically are just being chased by these demons in this house and there's not really a huge, like, climactic ending to the whole house. Basically, Judy and Raj, they climb over that, you know, fence to go on the other side of the stream to where they're safe. And also, Halloween night is ending, so the, the spirits can't come out anymore. And when they do start to come out of the house, of course, to grab Judy when they're, her and Roger are escaping, they're coming out really like zombies in every demon movie I've ever seen, it was very, they were, the demons were faster. They're, these guys were like zombies. So everybody but, you know, Roger and Judy is dead, essentially, and that's it. And then it cuts to the end of the movie where you see Roger and Judy. They've escaped. They look like hell. It's morning. The sun's out. And who do we see? 
we see the old man again. He's back, guys. He's back. He is so cranky and crusty. Just, oh, God, his character. He did a really good job. And so we see his character in his own house with his wife, and his wife has made him some apple pie. And at the very beginning of the movie, I forgot to mention this, but he fits all the stereotypes of Halloween. This whole movie does. And you'll see at the very beginning, he just hates kids, but he has apples and razor blades. And he literally says, I'll basically, I'll get these kids. I'm going to put, you know, razor blades in their apples. And so he's sitting down. He's, you know, just being grouchy. And his wife is just completely, she seems like she's on like lithium or something. She's just so just happy for this. She's just not showing any like anger. And he sits down and he's eating this this pie and she's talking about how there wasn't that many trick-or-treaters and how she used those apples. And then in the next scene, you just see, see his throat just like split right open. And she says, happy Halloween, dear. And that's the end. Literally. So let's discuss this movie. Well, we already have it. I just, I, I, one of the things that I found really interesting about this movie was how well the special effects for being in the 80s, the special effects were insanely good. Insane. I literally, in my notes, I wrote, wow, under Nick Benson, who is the guy that did the special effects for this movie. He, I, I hope he won an award because before CGI and all that, like they really, it was an art. And I just felt like he did su such a very good job. The whole, the the scenes, everything was scary. I felt like the makeup looked real believable. Angela's character was just terrifying. That was something where I was like, wow, this did not get enough credit for just, just that alone. And then I also love, you know, the whole teen no-no element of the 80s, which was always, if you have sex, you're going to die. You drink, you're going to die. Drugs, you're going to die. Basically, if you have any fun underage, you're going to die in any horror movie. Which, obviously, there's so much psychology behind that, but we can discuss that another time. But I just felt like this movie had all the elements that make a great cult classic especially since i'm sure in the 80s when this first came out it maybe wasn't as well received as it is now it's a very popular movie and another thing that i noticed that i couldn't figure out the whole time that suzanne was in this movie and talking and just being her suzanne self especially the line where she says they're talking about like basically somebody you know the, the funeral parlor is empty and there's no inhabitants and you know, they're taking it over and she's basically like, for tonight anyway. Like, I'm sorry if I scared you with that voice. But that's just her whole talking. And I just was like, I really recognize this. I don't know why or where, but I recognize this. And of course, she is Lene Quigley. She is from The Return of the Night of the Living Dead. She plays trash in that movie, she is the girl that dances naked on the tombstone. She just has such a different look. And she actually did that movie before she obviously did this movie. And it was funny because the people who saw her, the people who directed this movie, casting everything, they saw her in Night of the Living Dead, the return of the Night of the Living Dead. And they actually wanted her for this. She felt like she was maybe too old to play like a teenage girl. And clearly, I feel like Suzanne's character was very memorable. That her and Angela, I feel like the whole, they carried a lot of that movie. And most people remember it as like, you know, Angela's like party. 
And even to this day, when people talk about that movie, they discuss Angela and Suzanne, and of course, the other characters as well. Nothing, I mean, they were all great. But the one thing that I did love about this movie was for being in the 80s, it was very, very diverse. There was different parts of, there was, I feel like there was parts of every person from every walks of life, from everywhere that was kind of represented in the movie. It wasn't just, you know, these nice white people who are constantly just rich and whatever. It had different elements. They might have been poorly executed, but I felt like it was really progressive in that area, in that aspect. I also liked how there really wasn't a main character. Everybody besides, I would say, like Franny and Max, they really, everybody else had, and Jay kind of, but everybody else kind of had pretty pretty big roles in this. Nobody really, besides at the end, Roger and Judy, sort of stole the show. They did that very well. And everybody, if you had never seen the movie, you might not know for sure who was going to live. Obviously, Judy, because she's the most innocent. She refuses sex, and she has, like, no fun at all. So she's definitely going to live. But Roger, I was very surprised that he lived at the end because normally it's just the final girl. It's not the final girl and a guy. It's the final girl. And so out of, like, everything with this movie, I just really felt like it was good. I laughed. I got scared at some point. And I just felt like over the ages, this movie has really, really, really held up. From, you know, being released in 1990 or 1988 to now, people are still watching it in 2021. There's new generations. So I feel like on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, this movie being, just being, if it's great or the cult classic version, I guess I'm not going to say that, but I would feel like, sorry, not the cult classic version. Sorry. Um... <laughs> I basically would probably give this movie about a seven. I feel like it holds up pretty well. I feel like there are so many things that it lacked, but there are also things that were very, were very, it's like familiar. It's very comforting for people who watch horror movies to see these same scenes and the same elements and the same themes in all the movies. It's kind of like, you know what to expect. And this one was very, very Halloween. I would give this, like I said, a seven. I would highly recommend it. If anybody has any questions about any of the things that we talked about, I will leave my link for where I got all this information at in the comments below. And if you have any questions or if you want me to review a movie that you're thinking about, please let me know. You know, you can email me, you can write to me on here. But thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a while since I've done anything. I'm coming back with more stuff next Friday, another movie. And stay tuned for the rest of the podcast week. We're going to be dropping some, uh, well, me, not we, I should say. I say we, I don't know why I say we, like there's nobody else. I'm literally, I literally, I basically am just literally just on my phone editing like by myself. I don't, I say we, I don't know why, but <laughs> wishful thinking, I guess. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. It's been a long 30 minutes almost of me rambling on, but I will talk to you guys next Friday. Thank you so much, pretties.